0: You're listening to
1: The Teen Wolf, re Wolf. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm tired. How are you? Me tie-tie. i agree. It's like my permanent state of being. Uh, at least it was sunny. Mm-hmm. We
0: had a nice 60-degree day here in Chicago.
1: I would call it a serotonin boost because it was also 60 degrees. The vitamin D. Yeah. Sexy. Un- unparalleled. Yeah. For the last, also also, yeah, it was sunny outside until five thirty today. I know which is crazy. I got off I got on the train to leave the job. Sun was out. I got off the train, and the sun was still out. It was a miracle.
0: I walked home from work yesterday with my sunglasses on, and it was like, I love uh, I missed
1: doing this. It was great. Yes. I'm I'm really looking forward to the day where I do not have to wear a mask in public because I cannot wear sunglasses. Uh, they fog up no matter what I do. I <laughs>
0: I honestly just suffer through it because I'd <laughs> rather my eyes not hurt from the sun and me be a little blind than not wear them. Plus, it would ruin my vibe. I really mm. like the invisible man thing. I like the total anonymity of wearing a mask and sunglasses and a hat. I'm I like, do not look at me, Chicago. You cannot perceive me. I am
1: imperceivable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does feel strangely, like I feel naked when I walk outside without any of those items.
0: It's really funny because like when you are outside, you should be wearing a mask, but your obligation is slightly less. And if you're not, people will stare you down.
1: The only time I will leave the house with no mask on is if I have to take things out to the trash because I'm just coming right back. I'm not wearing
0: a mask in the laundry room. No. I never see anybody down there. Mm-hmm. somebody's going to be like, actually, you should be wearing them. And nope. no, no,
1: no, <laughs> um, I, I promise I'm clean. I think like three times in the two years we've lived here, I've seen another person in the laundry room at the same time that I'm there.
0: Yeah. And, and it, the, the time it, it happens, you look at them and they're like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I live here. I live here. It's like all this really long conversation through <laughs> eye contact where you're like, so you took the good washer asshole. Like, <laughs>
1: True, true. Yeah, the the intricacies of living in a an apartment building. Yeah, yeah. The politics, the
0: the po- <laughs> politics of apartment living. Yeah, that sounds like your, you know, breakout novel. I maybe that could be our uh, our advice book. Oh yeah, that advice mm-hmm. book that we keep saying that we should never write. We no. would give horrific advice.
1: But um, you people should know about the politics of the laundry room.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, Once, one of the one times I was in there, there was a girl who was using all six machines, <laughs> and I was like, how effing dare you? Like... <laughs> If I know I have to do more than one load of laundry, I, I just stagger. Yeah. So I'm never inconveniencing anybody. She was like, oh, sorry. And I was like, you are not. And I hate you. Like,
1: I, I would not have come in here if I'd known that you were in here. I was, no, I was just like really appalled. Like that, the gall it <laughs> takes to
0: use all six machines in a community laundry room is just unreal.
1: She was clearly having a rough day. No, no, No. she
0: was having a great day, and that's why it made me so (laughs) effing mad. Um, But there are things that make me happy in this world, too. For example, we got a review on the podcast today. Yay. Five stars. Um, So we are going to read it out loud for you guys and give a special shout out to our reviewer. Um... Reminder, just while we're talking about it, if you guys ever want to review our podcast on iTunes, there's a couple other places you can review it. We implore you to. It's a really good way to help us find other members of the Wolf Pack so we can all be friends.
1: It also just makes our day.
0: Yeah, I'm I get a little so teary. Much. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. Um, so this one is coming from longtime listener, Matthias Braga, who, if I mispronounced your name, I'm so sorry. Please <laughs> let me know. Um, who says hey Christian and Julia how are you Teen Wolf has a huge impact on my life because I started watching the show when I was struggling with myself and the show showed me that it was okay to be different something my own family didn't after a couple of years, I was again in a dark place, dealing with adult life and still dealing with homophobia. And that's when I found the Teen Wolf Free Wolf podcast, and it helped me a lot to change the focus of all the awful things in my life, uh, awful things that were happening in life. Because I knew that once a week, I could just turn off the world and focus on just two best friends talking about an old MTV show with bad writing and supernatural nat- shenanigans. You're doing an amazing job with the podcast, and I can't wait to see what you guys think of the last couple seasons. P.S. I'm not an English speaking I'm not from an English speaking country, and every time Christian says "horse girls" on the podcast, I keep thinking why is she talking about centaurs it <laughs> took me a while to understand what she was talking about but it was worth a laugh um that is so incredibly sweet it it really really is it touches my heart and like I know that we started this podcast for similar reasons to all the people who are listening like listening to it like there is like if there's anybody who gets it we get it man mm-hmm. like life is so shitty and just spends most of its time kicking you in the balls and if you can just turn your brain off and, like, come home to Beacon Hills, like, we're so happy that this is a a vehicle to do that and have found all these people who agree because this isn't even one of, this is one of many messages we've received like that, and it just, it touches my heart that we've sort of built a little community around Teen Wolf, um, because Teen Wolf is, after all, about community.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I get, I was a little for Clint's. Uh, When I got home and Christian read that to me. Um, And also, we really, really love just getting to interact with you guys. um, Not just within the reviews, but like on Twitter and Facebook. And so... Yeah, the Facebook (laughs) group was really funny (laughs) today. Somebody suggesting that we get Teen Wolf knuckle tats? um, I no mm, no because no. my mother would have to purchase my burial plot early so <laughs> she'd kill me
0: <laughs> I, I'm down I got some dumb tattoos I don't know if I'm quite ready for knuckle tats to say Teen Wolf but
1: who's to say I'd never get knuckle tats I don't know I, th- I th- like the inside of one's finger I think my mother would be like mm, that's like fine. the millennial mustache tattoo um embarrassing I would rather die then get a millennial mustache tattoo. Yeah. But.
0: Oh, uh, I have a horse tattoo, which reminds me. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say horse girls, I mean those girls you knew in elementary school who were, like, really into horses. Yeah, I never grew out of that. So.
1: um, I wonder if that is, like, because it has to be specifically American. North American, North probably. North American, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like every time a non-English speaker writes to us or, to anyone and is like please excuse my English you speak English better than I do yeah like I didn't uh, have
0: to learn the grammar in school I picked it up like by immersion and therefore I'm usually wrong
1: yeah yeah that's not to say that um grammar isn't taught in schools here I just just don't learn it it. (laughs) no
0: I didn't but again I just want to offer our sincerest thank you to Matthias and anybody else who's reviewed and we have our first siren of the night
1: They've been uh, leaving us alone for a while, so I feel like we were due. We were
0: due. It's also been kind of a hot day for uh, firehouse activity.
1: Really? I wasn't home, so. Well, um, I was,
0: and (laughs) it's been a,
1: this one is, is persistent. I was trying to say thank you, and it's being so rude. Yeah. This, every time this happens every time it goes on for a long time I just think about John Mulaney imitating old-timey sirens uh because that's what this sounds like to me yeah are you getting closer or farther <laughs> away come on wrap it up I think it just went by okay great um oh <laughs> no but now he has to be aggressive because he's on the main road okay okay fine we get it we get it you have somewhere to be <laughs> unlike all of us
0: yes um but we do have somewhere to get in this podcast, and that starts with us talking about season four, episode five, IED.
1: Yeah, it was uh, written by Angela Harvey, and this is the first time she's gotten a solo writing credit, which is, I'm very excited for her. Yeehaw, we love her. I liked this episode, too. Very funny. I did as well. And um, it was directed by a lady. Oh! <laughs> So, you know, on, this okay. w- on this International Women's Day? I on this <laughs> International Women's Day, I kept
0: on being like, "Well, wow, it's crazy how well this uh, episode passes the Bechtel test." Yeah, it's because only women were involved in its creation. I can also God bless. see, yes.
1: I could see. I could see. Most things. Yeah. Um, But it was directed by Jennifer Lynch, who, if that name sounds vaguely familiar to you, that's because that's David Lynch's daughter. Um, A little nepotism. A little nepotism. She did a good job, so I'm not mad about it. She's also um, done a lot of work. It's not, I feel like a lot of directors on Teen Wolf who are not Russell Mulcahy or Tim Andrew have like one directing credit to their Mm -hmm. name and it's Teen Wolf. But she um, has worked on American Horror Story and Elementary and most recently Ratchet as a director so cool she's part of the
0: ryan murphy cinematic universe (laughs) such an odd place to be in but i do the crossover to teen wolf is it really worked
1: really well i thought Mm
0: -hmm. um it's funny when you were like oh this is david lynch's daughter i was like so i'm not gonna understand a single thing about this episode damn damn but it was it was good i had fun uh but before we get too far into it we do have to do our recap
1: yeah i i think i'm going first
0: are you evens or odds
1: I don't know I don't know I actually think I'm going first okay if you if you want to
0: I I said it out loud (laughs) so now I have to
1: okay um well we are gonna gonna recap this episode for you Christian are you ready um yeah Okay, you have one minute on the clock, starting now.
0: So a blonde girl is running through the school, and then she gets killed by the teenage mutant bounty hunters, and then Styles puts up a murder board and is trying to explain everything about the Deadpool to his dad, and then Lydia tries to figure out the rest of the cipher, and then the bounty hunters are like we're going after the big bucks and then Kira asks her dad, Kira's dad is like, Hey, you didn't tell us anything. And she goes about the Deadpool. He's like, no, about you being on the lacrosse team. What the F. And then Liam and Mason have like an H2H where he's like, why aren't you talking to me, man? And they are suspicious about Garrett. And then Derek rolls up and tells Liam that he's angry and then talks to Scott about parenting. And then <laughs> Lydia and Malia brainstorm. About how they're gonna figure out the rest of the cipher. And then Styles uh, figures out that the knife wounds match the acrostic. And then Scott and Kira are worried about the game. And then the bounty hunters plan to kill a, a, a beta quote with Wolfsbane. And then Malia and Lydia talk about their like banshee problems. And then Liam tries to make good with Brett, but he is not having any of it. And then has this major angie, angie breakdown and tells Scott and uh, Styles that he has IED. Um, and then Meredith breaks out of Icon to come find Lydia to help her. And then Mason has a crush That's- on her. Bro- oh my god, I did not get that- very far at all
1: oh my goodness jam-packed and yet I did not feel like I was overwhelmed no and I wasn't bored at Mm, any point which was great I was not like when is this episode going to end
0: well we'll catch up everybody after we see how far you get are
1: you ready Mm mm-hmm Go. Okay, so the teenage assassins are at it again, and they get a blonde girl who turns out to be um, a 23-year-old girl. Um, Styles is laying out the victims of the Deadpool and telling the sheriff all about it. Um, Lydia has been trying to find all the other keys back in her lake house. Um, The Deadpool money is what was stolen from Derek. Kira accidentally spills the beans to her dad about uh, the Deadpool, even though he was like, I thought you were just talking about the lacrosse team. Mason is kind of like onto the assassins, but he doesn't know it, and he's like, Liam, you're changing. Derek um, pays a visit to the school to just kind of like assess Liam, and he's like, Scott, I'm so proud of you. Um, Malia is really trying to help Lydia. There's some coach shenanigans. They find out that the assassin is on the lacrosse team um, and the teen assassins are planning to uh, poison one of the lacrosse players and it turns out that the lacrosse player the lacrosse game is up against liam's old school and all of his old teammates hate him and liam has this like diagnosable mental illness um but he said that he'd be okay if scott was there meredith is back and she uh is trying to help lydia figure out what is going on with the deadpool Derek and chris are hanging out and Derek uh tells him um,
0: i think you're done that he thinks he's losing. i actually gave you a couple extra seconds because i couldn't unlock my phone <laughs>
1: Um, thank you. Well, I was almost done.
0: You were almost done. Do you oh. want to uh, wrap up the rest of this episode so the people know what we're talking about?
1: Sure. Um, so basically, uh, Derek is checking in with Chris because he thinks that he is losing his power and he thinks it's because of something that Kate did to him. Um, the sheriff basically brings Lydia to Meredith and they're trying to... Um, <laughs> <Meredith> <laughs> Lydia tries to do the fun phone thing with Meredith um, and then it turns out that uh, she gives her uh, the numbers that give out the code to the other part of the Deadpool. And they find out that one of them is one of the betas, one of the players on the other lacrosse team. Um, and Scott ends up knocking out the assassin before it can kill Brett. Basic before it, before she can kill Brett. She's a person, a bad person. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, the Calaveras are back.
0: Yes. And they threaten Chris. Yep. Um, Lots, no, lots to unpack in this here episode of of Teen Wolf. No Peter, no Peter. Kind of I, a bummer. I felt like if something was missing, some snark, perhaps some snark. But I also feel like all of the attention paid to the ladies in this episode would not have existed had Peter been there. That's so true. I'm cool with it being a girl episode.
1: Yeah. Oh, also, um, Parrish is a supernatural. Is a thing that we find out like in the very last few minutes of this. Oh yeah, because he's on the Deadpool. He is for five million dollars. <laughs>
0: Wait, is he the one who's got the line that's like I'm worth $5 or is
1: that Scott? I I think it's probably Parrish because I'm a very emotionally and intelligent and like astute person but kind of a dummy. A himbo just a little bit.
0: Um so this week we're going to be talking about our episode through the theme of discovery. Rest in peace, Daft Punk. I'll miss you forever. <laughs> um, um, but it seems like everybody is kind of teetering on the edge of knowledge in this episode. Some people are a little bit more desperate for it, like Lydia. Um, some people have knowledge thrust upon them, <laughs> like everyone else. So where would you like to start?
1: Mm, I, You know, sometimes I, I feel like we start with characters who don't have a lot to do, but I feel like a lot of people have really juicy plot lines um yes in this episode uh-huh. so um should we start with the girls or the boys let's
0: start with the girls international women's <laughs> day international ladies Wednesday.
1: first <laughs> Woo-hoo. happy international women's day and to you as well just so many lovely they, they gave us a whole day <laughs> in women's history month um which i don't i always feel like women's history month is just i don't care Oh my God. Bad feminist. (laughs) No, no, no. Like I care, but it feels a little pandery. It does feel, I do feel pandered. Um, similarly to like black history month, like every month should be acknowledging the intersectionality of history, but whatever. I digress. I agree. Um, so lots (laughs) of lovely women in our lives and on teen Wolf, Lydia, Lydia is desperate, struggling.
0: She is, feels so out of control. Um, and she says she has this really like beautiful scene with, uh, Malia in the hallway. And I love that it happens in the hallway. Cause it's pretty funny <laughs> to think that everybody's overhearing this being like, what the fuck? Um, because everybody already thinks that she's, you know, the town crazy. Yeah. And she says like, you are so lucky because you get to, you know, turn this on and off. Like you get to choose when you use your powers. I don't have that luxury and it comes now as a danger to other people
1: yeah um
0: which is obviously why she's so desperate because she knows that if she is able to just put two and two together she can save so many people on the deadpool um and that beginning beginning scene in this episode where she's just sitting there like over and over again trying to put the place the needle in the right place on the record so she can hear what the next cipher is going to be is like really like it's almost draining to watch you realize mm-hmm. that she is so hopeless Um, And it's really interesting because I think that Lydia, who is so incredibly smart, doesn't really know how to deal with not having an answer.
1: Yeah. And especially because in the past, um, not only have her revelations kind of been unbidden, they just came to her as sort of a surprise, but Malia suggests, oh, well, why don't we go to the music room? And Lydia's like, well, I'm not going to pluck on piano strings for two hours because we know that that's a thing that has worked in the past, but... Lydia has absolutely no guarantee that it will work now.
0: Yeah. And I think that she's finding out that, um, certain, um, rituals that, you know, inspire inspiration, inspire inspiration that (laughs) inspire her, um, like understanding of, you know, what she's hearing don't repeat their utility. Mm -hmm. Like she can only get something out of, you know, uh, an object
1: once. Yeah, this is really reminiscent of um, a, an earlier scene where um, Styles is trying to help Lydia figure out kind of what's going on. And when they figure out that she's been drawing the nemeton, um, which I thought was cute, that now it's Malia who's trying to help her. But like, he's like, well, "Why don't you try automatic writing?" And they're like in the art studio, and Lydia is trying to put pencil to paper and just like nothing's coming out. So I thought that was a really cute parallel between them.
0: I also think it was a really good example of how similar styles in Malia are mm-hmm. where like they're both incredibly impatient, but also like know that Lydia's going to figure it out eventually. So it's like, come on, on delay. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Um, and you're right. I love that. I love that callback. Um, and it's really interesting to me because Lydia sort of, realizing that she can't do this on her own, but she also can't do it with the people who are trying to help her, mm-hmm. which is why she starts sort of telling Malia, like, oh, I need Meredith. You know, she's the only one, and they can't get to can House because, you know, she would need permission. Um, and Meredith's whole family is dead. Which is terrible. Very sad. Um, and Meredith hears that, you know spiritual reaching out because i think they can probably talk through the veil or something or something which i why didn't they talk about that oh my god how fascinating at all how fascinating would it be to just be like oh yeah banshees can communicate through the dead
1: so cool
0: i was laughing earlier about that scene in the sweet life of zack and cody when the spirit world puts esteban on hold (laughs) (laughs) imagine lydia being put on hold by the spirit world
1: very funny. Um,
0: And, you know, Meredith is the one who comes and has the breakthrough that Lydia needs. And Lydia, obviously, is so overwhelmed um, by not hearing the answer in the way that she thought she was going to mm-hmm. that she is really mad at Meredith for telling her in um, a way that she would have to figure out his code. And it's funny because I was sitting there being like, Lydia, use your noodle. Of course you're going to have to think about this harder. But she's so desperate for understanding that she can't even Mm -hmm. like step back and think about it for a second. But then of course, once she's by herself and you know, has a little help from Malia, she's like, why didn't, of course I can figure this out. Of course I can do this. Of course I can be the one to discover what the next one is. It's my job as the Banshee. Um, and then we find out that the cipher is Aiden's name, which is like insult to injury
1: for Lydia. That's so painful. Uh, yeah, it's just really hard to watch because I feel like um I experience this on this podcast sometimes or just in daily life Lydia is just kind of walking around every day feeling like something is on the tip of her tongue. Yeah, and that she can't get to it. Yeah. Um and unfortunately Scott kind of brings this up when he's talking to Derek and he's like this was supposed to be my year to be able to focus on school. Um, instead of having to deal with a crisis where people are really going to die. Um, and I'm sure that Lydia was like, well, I'll have this time to like sit down and try to hone in on my Banshee powers and figure out kind of how it works. But instead everybody is once again being thrown into this quite literally life or death situation. And if Lydia, because she's the only person who can figure it out, if Lydia can't figure out who else is on the list, then people are just going to die. So she has this massive, massive responsibility, and she can't figure it out. Mm -hmm.
0: I think Malia plays a really interesting role in this because she's clearly interested for selfish reasons. Um, Which is it selfish not to die? I don't know. (laughs) Um, She wants to know if she's on the list. But she's also, you know, part of the discovery process. You know, she's really... Willing to sit there and and talk it out with Lydia, which is why you get like such a good interaction in the hallway and their conversation in the art room. She wants to be part of how Lydia is able to figure this out, um, not only because she knows that this discovery benefits her in you know knowledge, but also because I think that as I said earlier, like <laughs> adult woman learns empathy for the first time. <laughs> like she now has vested interest in the people around her because. Scott's on that list, and we know that Kira and Malia are, are friends now, and Kira is on that list, um, and I think it's occurring to our, Malia that the they need to team up um, to solve this.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very sweet to watch their interactions, um, because... Malia kind of has the energy of a kid who has learned some really insanely cool information for the first time. And like, she's so excited to be useful in that way and to be able to be like, Lydia, what if it's like algebra? Mm -hmm. Um, it's just so sweet. Um, which Malia struggles with. Yeah. To be kind and sweet to people. Um, but that's like, that is her driving force, the discovery of whether or not she is, um, on that list and of course she is yeah because how could you not know
0: yeah if, if you
1: were you know tuned in at all to beacon hill supernatural radio which, <laughs>
0: which <laughs> meredith and lydia are yes. meredith especially <laughs> um it's, it's i i i sometimes like i don't know whether or not i like meredith's actual character um i think it's relative i think it's mm, a little insensitive
1: okay I was wondering if you meant the insensitivity of it or just I I just
0: I I think that Teen Wolf has not done itself any favors in representing um, the mentally ill like it's really interesting to me how like obviously like there are a great many diagnoses that can get you institutionalized Um, I don't really (laughs) know what merit it is to you know discuss the mental health problems of every other cha- character um well just being like oh she's crazy you know we know for fact styles has adhd we talk about liam being having a diagnosis of an anger issue but like meredith is like generally crazy <laughs>
1: and not only that but i think it's like extra um noticeable because meredith is one of the few black characters on this show Um, like she's crazy. Mason later turns out to be a monster and he didn't know it, but still, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, Deaton is a a doctor and a druid and an emissary, but also just maddeningly unhelpful all the time. Um, I think it's, I think you have much more room to explore things like mental health when you are not worried about the diversity of your show. Um, because it, I, I don't know, it just feels weird to me.
0: That you can't be uh, black in Beacon Hills without being something else, also. Yeah. That's fair. Um, that said, I. Also, think it would be—I I think it's a really interesting question to pose. Like, if you are constantly like at the mercy of the spirit world or whatever Lydia taps into,
1: what does that do, do to you mentally? Oh, I think it's like a very reasonable uh, narrative route to go down. It's just once again, we come back to the problem of t- Teen Wolf coming up with fantastic concepts and not knowing how to execute them fully. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I guess that, I guess honestly, I guess that's where my point lies. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little about Kira before we move to the boys? Yeah. Kira is more of a vehicle of other people's discovery in this episode, <laughs> as it were. It, that moment with her dad strikes me as very interesting, mostly because I wonder how much trust she has lost in her parents since the whole you know finding out about being a kitsune thing since the move thing like there's really not a lot of reason she has to want to tell her parents anything about her life right now even though her dad seems pretty reasonable her mom was a little bit like we it's my way or the highway which Mm -hmm. yeah have you met a mom um (laughs) it's true uh but she is the one who tells her dad about the Deadpool, and all of a sudden he's like, uh... The "What? What? I thought we <laughs> killed the evil shit in this place."
1: And yet, no. Yeah, they did. They did not. Um, when, but it's so funny because the way that that scene is set up, he's so serious when he's like, "Yeah, I know." So of course Kira's like he knows about the Deadpool instead of thinking that it's about lacrosse. Have you ever had to take a drug test? No.
0: Oh, okay. Well, in my like just employed experience, uh, I've had to take a couple Mm -hmm. and it does not matter how clean I am. I'm going to, I'm always like, they're going to find something in there. I don't know what it is. Maybe if I, maybe I ate a poppy seed bagel, but they're going to find something. And I think the, like, just the seriousness of the situation automatically makes you start being like, what, have, what are all the bad things I've ever done in my entire life? And I think that that is what Kira happened to Kira.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't say that I've had that experience. Um, drug testing specifically. Anytime I drive past a cop, I'm like, I did something wrong. He's going to come after me. I'm almost almost always following the driving laws um also I've been fingerprinted twice because I've worked with children um and every time I do that I'm like what if someone stole my fingerprints and committed a crime like wild shit like that even though it is very implausible yeah the paranoia (laughs) is that just like an American thing just like this deep deep trust of our police state um Anyway. No, I mean, the drug testing
0: thing doesn't have anything to do with the police. I just didn't want to get fired.
1: <laughs> There's that. Um, I was, I mean, like, again, like, doesn't matter valid.
0: how clean I was. I was just like, but the, you, if you work with kids, they're like, mm-hmm. we got to check, so.
1: Good for the kids. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: probably, probably, <laughs> probably pretty good idea to be sober when you work in child care.
1: <laughs> that just makes me think of poor coach and his...
0: poor coach um Um, yeah and Kira is also sort of a voice of reason when it comes to Scott's discoveries in this episode Scott is weirdly insistent on wanting to play the lacrosse game and Kira and Styles have to be like hello use your noodle you you couldn't even play your first lacrosse game as a werewolf what the f
1: yeah and Kira to her credit is like well I mean if you're in I'm in I'm not scared um but we need a plan
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because they are, they are on the verge of the discovery on the lacrosse uh, situation. They know, they know that it is someone on the team. Um, and I'm not really sure why Scott thinks that it, that the game is the only opportunity to get to discover that. But Kira's on board. Yeah. reluctant, Very, very reluctantly.
0: Yeah. Um, I do appreciate that moment because I appreciate when we can actually see like, I appreciate when we can actually see um friends and partners like push back against our protagonist when it's clear that their idea is gonna be the most dangerous and they're just trying to get something out of the way as fast as possible because Scott's kind of been like, I need to revert back to normal as soon as possible this whole <laughs> episode. Like I thought this was gonna be the year that I did, blah, blah blah. And uh, it's clear that that's not happening soon enough for him. And it's really important for me to watch Kira and Styles be like, Well, we still have to deal with this, so start using your brain, dude.
1: I think it's another really excellent example that we've been seeing throughout this season and the last of the pack working as a group, as a family, Mm -hmm. as people who genuinely trust each other and care about each other, um, which I think is great. Yes. I think it's so, so cool.
0: Should we move on to the boys?
1: Let's do. Um... So Liam
0: is, well, he's having a rough go of it, isn't he? Liam is, uh, this has been happens to Scott a lot, is so blinded by his own werewolfness, he's really not paying attention to the world around him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's clear when Mason kind of is like, "Um, are you on steroids? Are you on drugs? Um, And Liam's biggest discovery, I think, is that he really needs Scott. Mm -hmm. This is the first time we ever hear him say anything like that. And it's so interesting how automatic it was because think about the Derek Scott dynamic in season one where it is like, (laughs) do not talk to me, do not touch me, lose my number. And all of a sudden Liam is like, this is really hard. I don't know what to do, but he sort of realizes that he has faith in Scott really immediately. I don't know if that's maybe there's room to argue that it's because Scott is actually his alpha and technically Peter is Scott's alpha (laughs)
1: as to where the attitude difference comes from it almost it kind of makes me wonder
0: (laughs) a sort of foster parent situation happened with Scott and Derek but this is like
1: he's my dad yeah you are my dad you're my dad boogie woogie woogie. um I I wonder uh if they shot a scene of Scott recovering Liam in the woods when he ran away Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of whatever heart to heart they were going to have in that moment, because clearly that's kind of what it was leading to. Um, And it just didn't make it into the last episode or this one, because it seems like a pretty abrupt change, like kind of an about face from how Liam was behaving before. Um, But also Scott, like, saves his ass. Yeah. multiple times in this episode. So I feel like there was probably some sort of conversation post full moon mm-hmm. where they had like a little powwow and, you know, had their moment and got their, a their feelings out. Um, and now Liam even like just automatically says, and whether or not this is just like petulant child really wants to play sports game, uh, or I really respect and trust Scott. He's like, well, I can play lacrosse. I'll be fine if you're there. Which really just made me go, hmm, yeah. You know what's f- interesting about Liam is he is sort
0: of the focal point of a lot of reveals. We, uh, it's, re- it's like, or discoveries. We discover that he didn't just uh, deface the car of a teacher. It was the coach of his old lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. So when they play them in the scrimmage, everybody on the team has beef with Liam uh, we just, he reveals to, uh, everybody that he has a, an anger management disorder. I don't remember. It's like intermittent, intermittent explosive, explosive disorder. disorder. Um, which we looked up as a real thing. Interesting. Um, I feel like some, one of the Teen Wolf writers heard about that one time and was like, I'll yeah. put
1: that in an episode. It doesn't seem to be terribly well-researched and probably is not in the DSM, but mm, a lot of things aren't in the DSM that are real. So, uh yeah, it is a real, a real thing, a real thing, um, which is
0: interesting because Scott, I think, uh, uh, hearing that well, Styles is the first one to say, it, but Scott on hearing that is like, this is gonna be harder than I even thought, which he already is feels like he's in deep water when he has his h to h with Derek. Mm-hmm. Um, and Liam is also finally revealed to his grand alpha. <laughs> Derek, who is like, he looks at Scott and he's like, you're going to be good at this, you know? Which what is a great. moment. I when I mentioned to you like earlier, like we have seen leaps and bounds in Derek's character development. And now he's a little bit sort of, I think he's a little bit, you know, happy to sort of sit on his heels and watch as this plays out as mm-hmm. like somebody who trusts Scott enough to not be really as much as, as involved as much.
1: Yeah. And I, I, well, I also think that Derek, um, probably feels very touched that Scott wants his help and like requested it very adamantly. Um, and so he's kind of like, you know, when your parent lets you, uh, ride a bike for the first time, like they'll, they'll push you off and they'll walk behind you just in case you fall down. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what Derek is doing with Scott in this moment, learning to be a real, uh, not a true alpha, but an alpha who has a beta, which, Scott's never been before. He's, yeah. he's never had a baby before. Yeah. It's just Liam. Um, yeah.
0: Um, so in, and then Liam also realizes that a former, uh, I almost said coworker, a former teammate.
1: They are. I th- <laughs> I would say that sometimes that your fellow high schoolers are your coworkers.
0: <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs>
1: you yeah. don't like all of them, but like they're there. They're there.
0: You have to do group <laughs> projects with them. <laughs> Um, He realizes that Brett is a werewolf, which I think really shakes up his... um, I think it's really going to shake up his perception of how he fits into the universe, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I'm I'm really interested to see how how Liam's sort of... How these discoveries affect Liam going forward into the rest of the season. It's really hard to say how they're doing it in this episode because they all kind of go boom, 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 one after another.
1: Yeah, and also there's the focal point is not on Liam. No, uh, he's there. He's in danger. They, so they think, Yes. um, but he's not really, and it, this is, also, again, this is the fun part because I don't really remember what, what goes on <laughs> yeah. next with Liam. So I'm excited to see in the future. Meanwhile, season four stands are like, how do you not remember? I was busy. I don't know. I, I was in college. So ha- I haven't, this is my, only my second time watching it. The first three seasons I've watched three times now. Um, which would be embarrassing if I hadn't watched Gilmore Girls all the way through five times. Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) Anytime
0: I answer the phone to my dad, I'd be like, what you watching on TV? I'm like, oh, nothing. He's like, is it Mad Men? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So...
1: It's a comfort show.
0: It is. It's cozy. Yeah. And mid-century and dreamy. I Um, like it. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Derek. Derek uh, does some sort of big information reveals to Chris, Mm -hmm. they should have so much more time on screen together. Now that they're no longer enemies, I'm like, I
1: love this vibe. They are, um, really chill with one another now. And of course, you know, the whole Derek stopped, um, saved Chris from being a shrapnel pincushion um last season I think did a lot to oh <laughs> yeah when you, like hedgehogs
0: the glass from the window <laughs> yeah <laughs> gross. um gross
1: <laughs> absolutely disgusting oh
0: Teen Wolf is so good at body horror there's not a lot of body horror in this
1: episode mm-hmm. but, but at, when it's good it's so good at, at this point they are like the um elders of the supernatural community just in the, fa- the sense that they're adults. Yes. Um and like They Derek, pay taxes. <laughs> Derek takes uh Chris down to his family vault, <laughs> which imagine in season 1
0: the hail uh Argent dynamic, you yeah. know. Yeah.
1: Um so that seems like a huge moment of trust, but also um Derek needs something from Chris, which also demonstrates trust because Derek thinks he's losing his powers. And to admit
0: that to somebody who would have hunted you down for any reason previous is is, incredible growth from both of
1: them. Yeah. Um, And particularly because uh, both Derek and Chris have unresolved business with Kate. Mm -hmm. Um, They're kind of united on that front. And I think Derek, because beyond Deaton, who seems to be so so uninterested in helping Derek with whatever his problems are. Yeah. Um, I feel like Chris is really the one where he's like, you have, you might have the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what the hell's going on.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think that they both are holding information about Kate that they need to give to each other for them to be able to work, move forward. Um, It was that, that, part in the lair when Chris is like, yeah, Kate's strong suit hasn't always been control. And I really wish Derek had been like, yeah, she burned down my house and murdered my family.
1: I'm well aware Mm -hmm. of her lack of control.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think that we're in for some really interesting... uh, I mean, we obviously know that like Derek does not lose his powers he goes like full wolf man which is like very cool but right now it feels like any piece of information any discovery he can make is going to be critical because I think he thinks he's dying
1: oh I think so too and like it's cool to kind of have a follow-up to um his moment in the school where he's like well I can't smell this blood Mm -hmm. and you think well maybe there's a problem with no Derek is it's not a problem with the blood it's a problem with Derek
0: yeah this is all problems with Derek. That's actually the subtitle <laughs> of the show.
1: Um, and considering how many times Teen Wolf has just like dropped something into the show, and then never mentioned it again, the fact that we're we're talking about the fact that his eyes are no longer blue, mm-hmm. I'm into it.
0: And I really like that part when Derek was like, "I thought she just took part of my past." Mm-hmm. Like he had, you know, grown back up, but there was a chunk of him missing from that period. I thought that was really interesting. But it's. It, And it was a really interesting conclusion for him to draw, but clearly, like, even as he's desperate to figure out more about this, he's not always going to be right, which is really interesting to me. Do you want to move into Scott? Let's do it. Um, Scott is discovering that parenthood is very hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Beta is also just so close to baby that he's like, baby. This is my baby, Liam. He's 15, but he's very small. When they talk about how short Liam is, I'm like, Yes, acknowledge that he's a short king. A
1: short king, indeed. um Yeah, like, not only is Scott having to deal with his fucking Deadpool thing, but also he has a child who is very difficult to manage. Not just in the sense that, like, oh, all of a sudden he has a you know, a kid who doesn't know how to control his powers. Liam doesn't really seem to be terribly interested in controlling them either. Uh, so Scott really has to be like, you can kill people. Yeah. Like
0: when, yeah. When, when he, you know, Derek comes in and like sets off his, whatever his anger in the locker room. And Scott's like, yeah, do you see, do you Mm -hmm. see what happens? Mm -hmm. Um, I have to put up with. And when Derek says, yeah, he's going to be really strong. I think that really sort of worries Scott Mm -hmm. because I mean, now we see that he um, is on Scott's side, but previously he was really willful. We've seen a lot of willfulness come from Liam before. He's deeply independent, and I think that Scott knows that that's not always the best recipe for a well-functioning pack. Mm -hmm. Um, And Scott is also the one to... Well, Lydia figures this out for everybody, but Scott is also the one to uh, appear upon the teenage mutant bounty hunters. Oh my God. Does she have a name? I don't. The other think one's Garrett, so. but he figures Scott is the one who figures out that Garrett is the one who has got the magical lacrosse blade stick,
1: which is kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna lie.
0: You know what? there was a good moment of body horror in this when Scott breaks his arm
1: back into place. Yes. Oh, delicious. I love when that happens in shows. It's so good. Um, yeah, the amount of trust that Liam has to have in Scott to just let him do that. Mm -hmm. I love it.
0: What's really interesting to me about Scott's big discovery, like about the teenage bounty hunters, figuring out that Brett is a werewolf is that his first instinct is to call the sheriff, which feels very interesting and sort of not what Scott would have done in previous
1: seasons. No, because the sheriff is like their number one, uh, fan and their biggest ally at this point. Yes. Um, I don't know if it's, if you can even really call him an ally because he is technically family, I guess. True. Um, But like his job, his professional position puts him in a place where he can really help um, the kids. And they've also, they explained the Deadpool to the sheriff. Um, So now they have one of the, are they, is this like a 21 Jump Street situation for assassins? Like, do you think she's a real teenager? I don't know. I don't remember.
0: I don't care also um but mm-hmm. re the sheriff um who is happening upon some of the worst discoveries ever because imagine you are the law enforcement situation that <laughs> finds out that there is a dead pool <laughs> out for who knows how many people and we finally figure out how big beacon hills is and apparently beacon hills is only like thirty thousand people so That's why a the hell very
1: did... small town yeah it's a very small town uh that infuriates me it's like the county mm-hmm.
0: is only five hundred thousand people
1: which is i mean To be fair, that's actually, I'm going to, for comparison, look up the population of Oakland County, which is where I'm from, um, which is pretty large. Uh, But 500,000 people, I I don't know, that seems like a lot. I feel like with 500,000 people, you could have a downtown somewhere.
0: Yeah, but no, if the entire county is 500,000 people, the city of Detroit is well (laughs) over 700,000 people. How many people live in Oakland County? 1.2
1: million.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was just going to be like the Metro Detroit area is like over 3 million people.
1: Yeah. Um, we, we live in, and we live in cook County. We live in Chicago. We do. We do (laughs) cook County. Man, there's so many people here. Um, yeah. Beacon Hills. And then Beacon County are Are so small. Yes. So small. And the sheriff is making such a big deal out of it. He's like, there's like 500,000 people in Beacon County. And I'm like, I guess, comparatively, that is a lot.
0: Comparative to the rest of the other places, like, to some of the real nowhere places in California, probably, but compared to the real somewhere places in California, no.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... Anyway, that just caught me by surprise, but all of a sudden it occurs to him that like what might be a significant number of his population has a hit out on them. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And I would, I mean, the sheriff is generally keeps his cool unless it has to do with styles, which is like, duh, that's his son. Um, And he, the sheriff starts, you know, hears these discoveries and really starts taking them in stride and starts wanting to make a plan And talk to Scott and Styles and acquire as much information as possible. And what it, I think this all boils down to, I think this kind of the thesis of this episode is that as more information is revealed, unlike in previous seasons where that would cause people to isolate and try to work on things on their own, it is bringing the most like sportsmanship out of everybody. Derek has to go to Chris, Scott and Styles have to go to Sheriff, who goes to Lydia, who goes to Meredith who brings in, like, and then also brings in Parrish in the situation. Yeah. All hands on deck. And that has been really interesting to me in this episode because it is it would not happen in
1: previous seasons. No, not at all. And it's very cool to see the sheriff kind of gaining that sort of um, confidence in his knowledge of the supernatural world, but also in these children. Yeah. Um, in In Scott's competency and his son's competency. And also I think he, like, he sees a lot of potential in Parrish and like lets him come into the room with Meredith and he doesn't give him the full truth. And of course, parish is a supernatural creature the sheriff doesn't know that Mm -hmm. um but i think at this point he's like i gotta bring another man onto my team there's got to be another adult in this conversation well i
0: also think that he knows that parish is like the most emotionally available of all of the other people we've seen like work with the sheriff
1: very intelligent yeah and so
0: and so so kind to to meredith and Mm -hmm. i I think about that scene on the bus a lot with jared where he thinks he's got the bomb in his lap and how parish is talking to him and i'm like yeah i would want Parrish on my team except for the fact that he's into lydia which is like yikes
1: the, it, the whole... No. No. no All right, should we move into Q's and O's? Let's do it.
0: You have any questions? I don't.
1: um I do, actually. This is just... Um, you
0: always say I do, actually, as if every week it doesn't boil down to me not having questions <laughs> and you having a bunch of weird, esoteric things <laughs> I can't answer.
1: Um... This is a, a question neither of us can answer, but something oh, that did, I was thinking What did about. I just say? I know. I know. <laughs> um, but Styles has like a new fancy murder board, and I'm like, did the sheriff buy this for him? Oh, yeah. His <laughs> like a Goodwill hunting style
0: clear whiteboard. Yeah. Very did his cool. dad just
1: like give up and he was like, fine, happy birthday. Here's your murder board. Yeah. Um, Liam mentions that he is prescribed antipsychotics and he's like, well, I don't take them. And I'm literally sitting here thinking what antipsychotics work on a werewolf? Because if so, Peter needs to be on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that Peter suffers delusions. I think he's just, no, he needs to be on some sort of yeah. like chill out medication. Um, so he stops killing people being the worst. Yeah, I just thought it was weird because I thought it was weird.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I thought that that sort of moment was kind of smart where he's like I can't alter who I am if I want to be good at what I'm I'm good at, which was a thing I knew people to do in theater school, whether mm-hmm. it was antidepressants or focus medicine, they'd be like, "Yeah, I can't act when I'm on that," so I just don't take it. Yeah, it's um the mental health of Teen Wolf, but also regular life is just oof. Yeah. Um interesting. Any other questions?
1: Um They mention they they mentioned that Meredith has walked fifteen miles, and I'm like, there's no way that Eichen House is fifteen miles outside of Beacon Town. Beacon Hills. They said the coast. Eichen House is on the coast. It sure
0: isn't. Where is Beacon Hills? <laughs> um, Where is it? Also, if it's on the coast, why do we never get a beach episode? What
1: Where's the beach episode? Uh, Now I feel cheated. Give me a beach episode. Yeah. Um, that's all my questions. Cool. Any O's? I love the little callback with Meredith and the phone. And I love that Malia is so excited that she knows how many uh, numbers are in a telephone number. Yeah. She's really insistent about it. Um, but I think we covered everything else. I really
0: liked how Malia, like, doesn't have personal space, um, like, receptors. Mm-hmm. Like, she's really up close. She's very up close with Lydia. And, like, they, they know each other and are friends. But it's not even like we ever saw Allison get that up close with personal with Lydia. And they were best friends. Although, I do think that Allison and Lydia were best friends to the point where they don't have pictures together. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah they don't have pictures together
0: they don't hug they were best friends though (laughs) god damn were they best friends but i just i think that that's a really interesting sort of feral child thing where she doesn't understand
1: social cues um not at all Yeah. the other person that she would be really the other people she'd be physically really close to would be like styles and scott and i think scott's just like "Mm, whatever and styles is her boyfriend yeah and
0: lydia is like
1: You are so close to me. (laughs) Babe. Uh,
0: Babe. Please move. (laughs) Um, My next thing is that uh, giving Scott a beta was how they never had to do a teen pregnancy plot (laughs) on Teen Wolf.
1: And thank God. I know.
0: You'd think that MTV would push it for marketing reasons, Mm -hmm. but no, they just gave him a 15-year-old baby. Hey, whatever works. It works on Supernatural.
1: (laughs) I was waiting. I was waiting for you to bring that up.
0: Um, yeah, it's just because, you know.
1: It's on the brain. It's on the brain. Unfortunately. Yeah.
0: That, that was the last of my O's. Uh, do you want to give us our pack
1: stats? Yes. Um, we had lots of eyes. Um, it's been an eye-heavy season. Yes. Yeah, so we've got six in this episode. Um, one claws. No, not the fun. Like, look, here are my claws. Um, but they were out. No shirts. I don't think... I, I don't think. Oh, I. mm, there was, oh, there was Brett took off his shirt and there was a cute, there was a cute little moment where Mason was
0: like, oh,
1: (laughs) I promise not to hit
0: on your bully, but I also don't promise that at all. And I was like, the Mason Liam (laughs) friendship is, we do not need any greater introduction to their friendship than this. Just this episode. They love each other so so much.
1: much. (laughs) We, yeah, it's, and the way that they construct it is excellent. Yes. Because they don't talk about it. It's just like, Aw. Yeah. Aw. Um, it's like, look at Mason and his straight friend. <laughs> <laughs> Who is maybe not so straight. Um, and then we had one ad. Nike is like just all over the place. That's how they on their That's uniforms. how they afforded the trip to Mexico. I guess so. And then we've got we, two sirens. There was one very quiet one just now. Yes. Um, in addition to the that first one at the beginning, I'm still very offended by. Like I was talking, you know, I feel like it counts like maybe two or three yeah sirens in and up in in one moment i'll yeah. take it um do you have an alpha of the week Hmm. it's hmm, i don't know i would i would say
0: i kind of want to give it to meredith and lydia like as a tag team a- as thing. a team but like scott does the most heroic things yeah
1: Th- that is that also when he where pulls
0: the garrote off his neck and he's like i'm the alpha i'm like yeah you are
1: <laughs> very, very sexy, <laughs> sexy of him <laughs> Yeah. um i think i'm a, i'm on your same split there yeah because um it's international women's day but also scott
0: yeah actually fuck scott give it to the girls
1: <laughs> all the girls
0: oh kira gets one for scoring her first goal <gasps> yeah. she gets benched like she does have to ride the pine after that but she did score and it was very impressive
1: and it pains coach because he's just enforcing the rules but he he loves that girl just automatically. God, yeah, like you can play lacrosse. You're my you know who favorite was person. missing from this episode?
0: Who for a real ladies' win? Melissa.
1: Melissa, where, where was Mama? Where McCall? was she?
0: We got so many adults in this episode and didn't get her. She was
1: busy at the hospital.
0: Then I give her an alpha of the week for saving lives. As as you should. Cool. So to the girls, um, happy International Women's Day. Uh, if you guys liked this episode, and I hope you did, you can follow us on Twitter at TeenWolf underscore ReWolf, which is also our Instagram handle. You can follow our Tumblr, TeenWolfReWolf, and join our Facebook group, TeenWolfReWolf Podcast. Tell us what TeenWolf knuckle dads you'd get. <laughs> um, if you really liked this episode, uh, I implore you to leave us a review on iTunes. Um, it's a great way for us to find new people who want to listen. And as we talked about, the, a bit, talked about at the beginning of this episode, I know a lot of people... Teen Wolf means a lot to a lot of people, including us. So we want to find those people and be their friends. Mm -hmm. If that's it. I think that's it. All right. Then we hope you guys have a Wolf of a Week. Um... woo.